From tornadoes to hurricanes, blizzards, and everything in between, you're listening to the Stormfront Freaks podcast. The Stormfront Freaks are former television meteorologist Mark Massaro, atmospheric science graduate and skywarn storm spotter Brady Harris, digital meteorologist and weather producer on the Weather Channel app Dina Knightley, former on-camera meteorologist at the Weather Channel Kim Cunningham, and I'm your announcer and Skywarn Network coordinator Mark Johnson. Now, here's the moderator of the Stormfront Freaks podcast, Skywarn storm spotter and chaser Phil Johnson. All right, hey, welcome to the most entertaining weather podcast on your listening and viewing device. Uh, This is the Stormfront Freaks podcast. If you are a first-time listener, hey, thanks for checking us out and stopping by. Uh, Be sure to go to stormfrontfreaks.com, and you can access our library of previous shows, uh, famous guests from the weather industry like Mark Suddeth, uh, Reed Timmer uh, as well. But this, this is episode 62 And we're excited to be talking with the lead of the Atmospheric Sciences Group at NASA's Flight Research Center. Uh, Ed Teets is with us tonight. All right. And uh, so as as all of our guests, he'll be getting a lightning round game show treatment. Uh, We'll also be sharing with you our favorite WX resources and uh, some, some hilarious and funny weather memes. But before we get to all that, let's go ahead and introduce our co-hosts. It's always happy hour here at Stormfront Freaks when we record, and so we're going to find out what everybody's drinking tonight. MJ up in Minnesota, what are you drinking, sir? All right, it's, uh, it's uh, Rick Beer and Captain again, which is the drink that was made for me that night, and I'm trying to remember what it was called. But that's Yeah. Oh, What was nice. it called? Yeah. Uh, I don't, yeah. Boy, I don't know. I don't remember I, that I either. For- I forgot, was it, but only MJ's, MJ's something. Beer? MJ Storm Spotter, is that maybe what it was, I think? That might be it, yes. MJ Storm Spotter. All right, Maz, Maz, what do you got, sir? Well, I went Captain as well, but oh, with uh, regular Coke. I'm off my diet, so what the heck. <laughs> Pour the sugar in me. <laughs> off the wagon. All right, Kim, what are you drinking? I'm off the diet, too. I'm back to the old uh, IPAs. This is the Cannon Dragger from Burton Hickory Brewery, which is right up the street from me. And um, it's really good. So it's kind of cool. It goes like Civil War stuff. So it's, uh, if you can see. Oh, interesting. Okay. Just up the street. Yeah. That's handy. <laughs> Isn't that awesome? That is handy. Right. You need a six-pack and just take a block, block walk. Exactly. You're they have go. tastings and all that. It's good. Well, Kim, I, I will keep it with you and go ahead and uh, let's, let's give our guest uh, his formal introduction. Okay, you got it. All right, Mr. Ed Teets, who is the atmospheric scientist with NASA's Flight Research Projects. He is currently the senior aviation meteorologist and the lead of the atmospheric sciences group at the NASA Neil A. Armstrong Flight Research Center at Edwards Air Force Base. And Ed has been directly involved with a varying degree of aircraft over the years. Now, these include the slow-flying high-altitude UASs, or the unmanned aircraft systems, to high-performance jets, to Mach 10-plus hypersonic research flight demonstrators. He has also been a part of the aerodynamics branch at Armstrong for the past 31 years, specializing in atmospheric effects on aviation. And I know Dina's just hating to miss this one for sure. Mm-hmm. Now, Ed is, has his BS in meteorology from the University of Utah and his MS in atmospheric physics from the University of Nevada, Reno. And Ed, welcome. We are so honored to have you here with us tonight. And we'd like to ask, you know, our guests and our viewers are always curious, how did you get 
to where you are today. Mm-hmm. I mean, 31 years. Is this something right from college, right into this? Or was there something in between? Did you always love weather? Where are you from? All those kind of details we'd love to get. In 10 yeah. seconds or less, go. In 10 seconds. Oh, okay. <laughs> First of all, I'm drinking a Stone IPA for you guys. Ah, very good. Uh, yes. Forgot to ask Yay. me. Yeah, I, um, I grew up in, uh, in a little town north of Pittsburgh. And I moved out to Utah just to go skiing. And while I was there, I figured I might as well go to school. Um, as for weather, um, I think my parents would probably say that they knew I was going to be in weather before I did. I would have to leave the dinner table as a young kid to run and watch the weather from uh, my hero, Dr. Joe DiNardo, uh, recently passed away. But uh, he was a great right. guy, Channel 4 News. Aww. Anyway, I get to college and just taking a bunch of classes. Thought I was going to business, boring. Thought I'd do a few other things. And then I took a class in meteorology and the professor about halfway through said, you're killing this. Have you ever thought about meteorology? And I went, mm, yeah. He said, follow <laughs> me over the department, walked over to the department. And an hour later, I had uh, declared my major. That's so, awesome. <laughs> as for coming here, I was, wasn't even graduated yet and I had a job here. I was a contractor for my first 12 years. And then I became a civil servant um, back in 1999. This is the only job I've ever had. Well, I shouldn't say a job because I don't work. I play. Yeah. I have yeah. Fun. Wow. With all the things that? Oh, I've, I can't even describe the, the fun that we've had. We get, uh, I'm headed for deployment here in about a month down to Texas uh, for Sonic Boom. We get to Sonic Boom uh, Galveston out in Texas. Oh my gosh. Last year we got to, we got to Boom um, Cape Canaveral where the shuttle always launched. So they were used to it, but without the shuttle there for many years, uh, they weren't hearing the booms. So we went down there, did, we were down there about three weeks. The people were just so excited about us coming down because we told them we're going to be sonic booming you three to six times a day. They were excited. Welcome, welcome, welcome. Three weeks later, they're like, when are the hell are you getting out of here? <laughs> <laughs> What's the purpose of that? What, what was the purpose of all the sonic booms and... The Sonic Booms, were, at the time, it was a project called Sonic Bat. So it was understanding the Sonic Booms as the boom translated through a humid atmosphere. And in, tech, and in Florida, in August, it's a humid atmosphere. Yeah. And the year before, we did that out at Edwards in a dry atmosphere. So now in Texas, we're going to be booming, but we're not going to be giving them the full pressure, overpressures. We're going to be making it so it sounds like distant thunder. And now that's going to be a... Um, uh, basically how the people perceive the sonic boom because as you probably have heard over the last several months the x-59 i sent you a picture about that the uh, x-59 is going to be our low boom demonstrator so you shape an aircraft that you produce a boom nothing more than a thunderstorm and so we're trying to get the people's perception of these booms or not booms but uh, so it's a human factor issue at this point. So it's kind of a social social study in, for yes, the most part? Yes, this part. Mm-hmm. So, this part so what's your role as an atmospheric scientist? What What's your role in, involved in that? Well, the atmosphere measurements, because we, do, we provide a lot of uh, model data for simulation. Uh, we provide the, the real atmosphere so they can go back and figure out exactly how strong the booms were, where they were, because there's a, a gridding that you, the further away you from what's called the carpet, the boom carpet, anything beyond that, it just basically sounds like, you know, like thunder. So we provided a balloon launch. We'll launch balloons probably two or three flight, you know, two or three per flight. 
uh, we'll take service measurements. So we get winds and pressures and, uh, and just collect as much data as we can. Are you booming like 50,000 feet or are you mad at the neighbors and do it at 50 feet? I mean, what are you doing? <laughs> no, they'll be booming. I think it, I think in Texas, about 30s, mid 30s, mid upper 30s. But we'll do a boom in what we call a dive so that the boom stays off the coast this time. In Florida, we put the boom right pretty much on the coast. But here we want the boom off the coast so that the, the outside of the carpet, if you will, um, the thunder is what they want. To, we want them to hear. We don't want them to get the full, pre the full boom because that would terrify people, and, and they're not ready for that. But break so, windows huh. too, right? Uh, not at those altitudes. Oh, we wouldn't. Okay. No. No, but we, I have, uh, uh, I don't know, there was maybe about 10 years ago, the, uh, uh, the Air Force uh, the flight demo team flying down in Tucson. One of the guys got a little bit behind and uh, tried to catch up uh, 500 feet off the ground over, t over the city of Tucson. I think 300 windows got broken. Oh, it can be pretty strong. Oh, yeah, do, you, do you let them know? Because there, there's a song called Here Comes the Boom. Are you like <laughs> blasting it on speakers before you do it? Or how do people know? I think for the one in Texas, no. It's basically we're going to be telling them when we're going to be booming approximate time. I think we're each giving, them, giving the residents who we've selected phones so they can call in and say, not too bad, a thunder. We've heard louder thunder or, boy, that was a pretty strong thunder roll. Um, just trying to get the the uh, residents' perspective of what they heard, so it's human how factors. Does that, how does that help? So, what what's that going to help you determine in the future? Um, that's outside my information. That's outside my interest, actually. That's a human okay. factor. People that those you're engineers you don't take care, care of that. You I don't, don't care. even care about that. <laughs> I don't give. A I damn. don't care. Yeah. I'm I'll launching balloons, collecting data, and uh, hearing thunder roll. Tell me this, what are some of the bigger discoveries that you've been involved with, uh, with all the testing that you have done? You know, what are some of the things you feel really good about, um, finding out about? Well, a lot of the sonic boom work that we've done over the past uh, 20 years, I guess, um, understanding understanding the booms that come off the, to the different, anything that has a, a protrusion on an airplane produces a sonic boom. What we hear on the ground is basically a boom, boom. We hear the front of the airplane and we hear the back of the airplane. But if you're, you know, 50 feet underneath an airplane and it passes you, you're going to hear every crease, every uh, protrusion. You're going to hear a little boom coming from it. But you're going to hear the most of the booms. You know, the biggest one coming from the beginning and the end. Because by that time, all the small booms have coalesced into one front, bit, you know, front boom and back boom. How many booms um, are we talking about? Exactly. Well, the signature. Um, well, I think I've seen some data where, I don't know, 30, 30 little, little huh. booms that all coalesce to make one boom, boom. Um, a lot of the work that I've, I've been involved in is the UAV work. A lot of the work in the UAVs. Um, and explain, explain that a little bit. Um, the UASs? Yep. Okay. Um, yep. Well, they're unmanned vehicles which means that they're expendable. So you don't have to go through all the, you know, the mundane um, safety, 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 double, triple redundancies, control panel, the control systems. UAVs, you can go one. And some of these UAVs, if you make them big enough, uh, they basically fly by themselves. You know, the one, uh, one UAV we flew in Hawaii called the Helios, 
Um, we actually flew it to 96,000 feet over oh the island God. of Kauai. Wow. Yeah. Oh and it, that airplane, um, I sent a picture to Phil on that. I don't know if you can pull it up and show it on the screen, but that, that airplane alone that. was 250 feet long. So it was just 50 feet shy of a football field. And it would take off in, I think, about a 50-foot distance. And it had a ground speed. You could outrun it. About 30 feet per second was its total speed. Wow. Very, very slow flyer. It took – that flight was each, – each of those flights were probably 27 hours. So we really got to be able to you know, learn a lot about the UAV, uh, flying them around, because FAA, you know, we're trying to fly a lot of these UAVs now over the airspace. And uh, that was a, a nice mm -hmm. – um, First, actually, that was one of the first flights, the, first, the first UAVs that we worked on that were able to, to be very, very successful. So what would you provide for that as far as a meteorologist? Oh, those would, yeah, same thing. Uh, okay. Balloon launches, uh, um, even though we're not official forecasters in our group, we usually, and if there's anybody in National Weather Service watching, we usually do a better job than they are. Um, Smackdown, <laughs> I just yeah. heard it. Yeah, we have battles with them. It's all fun. It's all oh, fun. And they know that. Yeah. <laughs> all right. So I'm, I'm showing the picture you sent. Yes. That's oh, a Helios. Wow. The Helios. It's a solar-powered kind of airplane. Yeah. Explain oh, this, what it looks power. like to those that are listening. Yeah. It's a solar-powered airplane. Um, that, that particular one, each of those has, I think there's one, two, three, four, five or six panels. And each of those panels are designed to fly by themselves if it was to break apart. And there's all those motors. Really? All those motors are electric powered. Uh, that wow. airplane alone, being 250 feet long, only weighed 1,500 pounds because wow. it was all carbon fiber. Um, just so basically, it's one. Good. It's one curved wing, kind of. Well, like it's a curved smile. because it's curved for stability. But on the ground, okay. it's actually curved the other way. It's got reverse camber on the ground. Okay, but so it's, it's, it's the the wing. It's like one wing. It's just one big wing. Solar panels mm -hmm. on the top. Yep. And then it so how many sections you said about six sections? Yeah, I'm trying and to count. And each section has One, what? Two two, three, two electrical four, propellers? Uh three. Three. Okay. Two or three. Two or three depending on it. On this the uh, weird. It's bizarre. Yeah, it yeah. is. It looks like six sections, yeah. How are you getting yeah. a sonic boom from that? You don't. <laughs> <laughs> but I'll tell you that at uh, 96,000 feet it's it's airspeed if you want to do the mock is 0.25 mock at 96,000 feet. Really? Yeah. Wow. And as we always try to fly it, one of the things that we were doing in my job was, you know, um, understanding the winds because we had to keep it in a certain airspace because we couldn't get it outside of, a, of the airspace for FAA purposes. So we were always trying to make sure that we had the solar panels with facing the sun. So we would start early in the morning and, and head out west as far as we could. And then we'd lose some performance as because we had to turn around, you know, for coming back. Now, that particular um, aircraft, if the winds are too strong, we push us outside the boundary. We can't come back because mm -hmm. we don't have the solar power and the winds are going to, we're going to fight the winds and we're going to lose lift. So understanding, understanding the meteorology of all the atmosphere over a 27 hour period, it becomes kind of evolved. So we would have mm -hmm. to do a lot of forecasting and the models down there in Hawaii, we were of course in Hawaii, oh, rough. you don't have, yeah, it was a rough job. Somebody had to Poor do thing. it. <laughs> yeah. My golf game got good. I'll, I'll say oh, I'm sure it did. There you go. <laughs> so what, what, what is the purpose of this? Well, that was, paneled? yeah, that particular airplane was trying to be used for cell phone communication. 
basically they had an idea that they could fly these things to 90,000 feet or 70,000 feet, get it above all the commercial airplane and basically station keep. Cause we could actually fly that airplane backwards if we wanted to, to station keep. So you could fly it up, get it into the jet stream, find a good, you know, find a good wind level and station keep, basically point it into the sun and you could turn it any given direction in a night, you know, and then you could stay there and have good cell communication for, you know, for your location. So they had plans of putting them all over the United States, all over the world. One of the big investors at the time was from Japan. Huh. If, if our listeners want to see this, just go to Google. I did a search, looked up. Right, Helios, you can look up any any picture. aircraft, yeah. Yeah, any picture that I have there is all public domain because we're NASA. Did you mention, I might have missed it, Ed, but did you mention how long this could stay in the air? Oh, no, I didn't. The desire for that one was about six months. They figured six months with losing some performance at nighttime, but they would have batteries on board. So they would have solar power, charge the batteries, get up high, and then loiter, very little power to come down, maybe go to 80 and then come down to about 60 in the evening, in the morning. Sun comes up, charge batteries, climb up high again, and do this day in, day out. Now, I've, it's been a year since I forecast for 90,000 feet. Yeah. Um, <laughs> what kind of winds are we talking about up there? Well, it depends on the season, obviously. But in Hawaii, we were seeing... Easterlies, but by the time you get above the tropopause or the you know 38,000, 40,000 feet, depending where you were, the winds in this in the summertime will reverse direction. So instead of being westerly everywhere, they go easterly, and the higher you get, the stronger the easterlies they become. And I think down there at the time we were seeing probably 70, 80 knot winds at 90,000 feet. Hmm. So we could actually fly very slow into the wind and station keep because the sun would be setting, and we would never lose uh, or, or even go outside our our airspace. Yeah. Um, if I was to show a, a map of where we had to fly to keep in the airspace, it would be, you know, quite a quite a racetrack. Are you constantly updating your forecast? Like, whoa, whoa, Always. look what happened at eighty five thousand. Always. Really. Always. Lots, lots of balloons. We were launching like every two hours. Uh, the models, every time they came upon us, we were looking for that. Plus, we had a problem where we had to bring the aircraft down too. The aircraft, yeah, anything sure. stronger than about five knot winds, became a problem. And in Hawaii, where we were, the the winds were crosswind, and that is a big, big problem for us. So we were always trying to plan when we were coming down, when the winds were the lightest, so we could land this thing. Not a lot of bird strikes up there, though, right? No, no, no. but we, <laughs> <laughs> we had some fun with some birds, as, oh as we call God. them. <laughs> so, Ed, how, how about this one? You sent another picture. It yeah. uh, says NASA X-43. Yeah, it's, that's it's our... Like uh, black dart. What, that's yeah, cool. Explain this one. That one's called the Hyper X. That was our uh, first attempt at scramjet engines. Uh, we what flew kind that of engines? What was scramjet. That? Hypersonic. Hypersonic engines. Hypersonic which propulsion. Means, which means what? Uh, the air is... Um, I'm not, a, I'm not a, a propulsion guy, but if I remember correctly... Um, no, I can't remember. You have to talk. You could, you could look it up. It's called, it's a scramjet. Okay. Um, but basically, uh, our, our goal was to demonstrate that we could get acceleration from that engine. So the, the vehicle didn't make any difference. It was all about the engine. And for us to get 10 seconds of data was extremely valuable. So it was all about getting a couple of seconds of data and seeing acceleration. That was the whole goal. And this was, was unmanned first. as well, correct? Yes, they were. This thing is only about mm, about 20 feet long. And it was accelerated initially off of a Pegasus rocket. 
out, dropped off of a B-52. You can Google that too. There's a video out there of this of the flights. Every, every, everything NASA does is all public domain, so you can see videos of it. So we did this. The first one we got to Mach six. And the second the second one we got to Mach ten plus. Wow. Yeah. Wow. And so how how long is this? For example, this particular project. How long were you involved in it? Oh boy, we that was about a five year, six year project. We flew three times. Really? Wow. Okay. Yeah. First one was not good. <laughs> what happened? <laughs> the Pegasus. Well, I'm not gonna. I, I think it was the Pegasus rocket couldn't handle um, the forces as it nosed up. And the fins, the fins on the back of the the rocket, if I remember correctly, broke off, and we lost the vehicle. It was unmanned, right? Oh yeah, it was unmanned. Okay. The, right. the thing's only like 19 feet long, maybe about two feet wide or two feet thick. So you it was more it? of a rocket issue. It wasn't mm -hmm. the aircraft. Yes, yeah, that's okay. correct. But one and the same tied together. True. Do you ever get people seeing it? You know, going up into the atmosphere and calling it in and saying, "There's something weird out there flying around." No, not really. Not for yeah. us, because most of ours are done where there's nothing, nobody. Okay, yeah. It's because it's actually, it's actually an alien aircraft, isn't it? Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> right. <laughs> Everything's alien, but I can't say that. So I want to real quick go back to the um, the boom mm -hmm. okay. um, project. When So you have to supply the weather information for it. How do you decide, like, what time of the day – is there a certain time of day you look for? I mean, how do you make these decisions? And um, I guess, and are you going to do a, you know, in the cold, are you going to also try, you know, doing the testing with the booms in, in a cold atmosphere? Uh, no, we're not okay. doing a cold atmosphere on these projects. Okay. Um, with the demonstrator, which comes 2020, I think the demonstrator comes available. Um, when we start flying it, we will fly in all conditions. Okay. Hey Kim, he, yes. he can't he can't golf in the cold, so it's <laughs> never <laughs> happening. <laughs> yeah, shoot, I should have thought that. My bad. But, but as for yeah, as for your other question, like yeah. As for your other question, um, it all depends upon when the vehicle, you know, when the aircraft ready. You know, we don't okay. really need. It's not a particular time of day. Okay. It's we need it within you know, a half an hour of the airplane at altitude in okay. on condition. So if we, if we know that the airplane is going to take off at eight o'clock, then we can launch at seven thirty, So it gets to 60,000 feet within an hour. Okay. Um, so it's all going to depend upon when the, when the aircraft is ready because of maintenance and the pilots and, and things like that. Cause we're flying an F-18 for that mission. Wow. That's our sonic boom generators an F-18. Wow. Okay. Mm -hmm. All right. I got a quick question for you, Ed. Okay. Um, so you're on an Air Force base, pretty much, yes, right? Correct. So were you ever were you ever Air Force, or were you always civilian, or was there? How does that all work? Um, there's probably more civilians out there than there are really? Air, uh, Air Force and military. Yeah, I'm thinking so uh, because it's a big, it's a test facility. Uh, they do a lot of uh, development. They're developing the X, the F-35 right now out there. Yeah, and I believe the uh, tanker, the future tanker, is coming out there. Um, so I've never been military. I came right out of college, moved right down there. You know, right the day I graduated, two days later I was gone. So it's um, yeah, just a lot of both civilian 
I was a contractor first, civil servants, basically contractors, they're all, all kind of the same. Was it civil through the Air Force, like AFCS, or was it just government, or how does that through work? Through the Air Force? Yeah. I have no idea how the Air okay. Force works. Okay. Gotcha. Um, I'm a NASA civil servant, so it's a big difference. Now you're just showing off. Okay. <laughs> <laughs> so you were talking about, uh, did you say it's called the demonstrator? Yes. Is that what, so what, what is, explain the, that aircraft a little bit? The low boom demonstrator? It's yeah, just, what, what it it's a vehicle. Like what's it? Yeah, it's a vehicle. You have a picture of that too, but it's a picture okay. where, it's a vehicle where you shape the different components of the airplane, the nose, the tail, the wings, such that when the boom, you generate a boom that is a lot less of a signature. There's a project we did several years ago where we modified the airplane, um, struck, not that one. No. <laughs> Okay. To modify the airplane, that's a X-29. Um, but you modify the shape of the airplane so that you, the boom, the, the sonic boom is generated almost like a split second. If you can distribute that boom over time because of the area under the curve with all the math, um, the boom is a lot less and it's a lot less irritating. So it sounds like a thunder or, a, um, you know, a, a truck driving by. Can I can I ask you a differential equations question? No. Good because I can't. I'm just telling you. Oh, no. <laughs> I, I couldn't even ask. That. I took that class a year ago. Yeah, it's like say say add uh, a viewer question for you if if you know. Um, Is it one of my ask, friends? First of all, pardon. Is it one of my friends? Um, Depends on the question. They're horrible people. <laughs> no, no actually, it's one of it's one of our regular list, uh, regular okay. viewers from Good. Germany. Uh, oh, sweet. So, yeah. Um, and the question was, any thought to using, so back to the Helios, okay. any thought to using that for emergency or disaster communications? Was that ever considered in the project? Uh, yes. It is, it's one of those vehicles where you can go and station keep. Absolutely. Absolutely. There's a lot. They were, we, we actually did um, some testing because where we were in Hawaii over Kauai, they grow a lot of coffee. Yeah. So one of the things they were, the, the coffee's growers said, hey, you know, can we use this vehicle for monitoring health of our coffee plants? We're like, well, I don't know. So they, they found an instrument. We put it on there. We flew over the coffee fields and provided them some pictures. And the coffee growers were like, wow, this is sweet. Hmm. So, um, yes. And uh, my father-in-law is a vineyard, you know, vineyards up in Oregon. And he's like, hey, we could use that vehicle for flying over the, the, you know, the vineyards and seeing the health, you know, because they can t tell – how much water is given to the plants or how much water needs to be given to the plants so they can monitor with, you know, with a variety of instruments, um, you know, the health of the plants. Wow. So there's, you can use a, this thing could be used for so many different things. Awesome. Thanks. Yep. That's really exciting. Yeah. You no, know, Dina is missing this one tonight. Right? I know. <laughs> oh, no doubt. Vineyard. Talking wine. Yeah. Oh, that for that reason. Yeah, wine right. and flight. Uh, not not together. Not yeah. together. Oh, oh no. So so explain a little bit. So I had I had shared um, uh, a photo. Sure. Of this this uh, what's it? That's the X twenty nine. Okay. The that is a forward swept. Most airplane wings are are swept back. This is a forward swept wing, and what they were. Um, this was here, that was there when I first started, so I'm, um, my knowledge on that is not too great. <clears throat> but what that does is it makes the aircraft very, well, not very, but it makes it unstable. 
And the, the more unstable the vehicle, the more maneuverable the vehicle is. So if you were to have a, a fighter, let's say you have a fighter out there that's unstable, you can maneuver it very, very quickly. So you could out, outmaneuver your opponent. Okay. And so this was a man. This was a man. This was a man. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Right. And it's called again the what? X-29. X-29. I was going to say the platform is yours. Go oh, ahead. i got to tell you this one. I always tell this one to people because it's, it's, it's still back in Hawaii because uh, we were launching balloons all the time, understanding the meteorology. Anyway, one of the engineers, uh, the following year, we went back and did it again. One of the engineers said, hey, we have a – what we're going to do is we're going to launch a balloon every single day in July. And I said, why? <laughs> oh, we want to we understand the trends. Oh, okay. Yeah, because we want to understand the trends so we can forecast for August. And, of course, at that point, I'm just shaking my head going, uh, why waste the money? Uh, they're like, well, no, we've been here for the last several years, and we're seeing trends. I'm like, no, you're not. You're not really <laughs> seeing trends. You're just you're imagining that. You're so they said, well, it's already been approved. So they spent $30,000 to launch a balloon every single day. So we get down there in the 1st of August, and, and this person gives up, gives a brief, and basically says, hey, our trends came in. What we found is for every five days of good flying weather, we get one bad day. So we're going to extrapolate the next several weeks. So we're going to start flying. I can't remember the exact day, August 16th or something like that. So on August 16th is going to be our first flight day. I'm like, okay. And everybody's like, you agree, Ed? I'm like, I, I don't know. I mean, that analysis for yeah. July for August oh, doesn't mean a day No, it doesn't. So August 16th comes um, – the weather was so bad, I golfed the next 10 days. <laughs> wow. And they just kept asking me, what's going on here, Ed? I'm like, I don't know. Talk to the engineer. They did the weather. <laughs> can you tell listeners and viewers how they can find you or follow you? Are you on social media? Or if they have questions, how can they? Uh, uh, not very you? much on social media. Okay. Um, I am when public affairs calls me and says, "Hey, we got a Twitter day." You know, I, I'll sign into my. I'll spend an hour looking for my password to get into my account. <laughs> <laughs> but I get in um, very little. Uh, Facebook, I have, but uh, it's it's all. I get in there maybe once or twice a year for cycling and skiing pictures, but that's okay. That's why I never get a birthday wishes from you. I'm just saying right now. Right? <laughs> yeah, yeah uh, you're true. not missing much, Ed. You're not missing much. <laughs> <laughs> He's off Let me write grid. that down. I'll put you on my Christmas card list this He's year. Appreciate so it. I'll, I'll, I'll say this. If any of our listeners or viewers, if they have questions, uh, go ahead and reach us. You can reach us, email at questions at stormfrontfreaks.com, and we'll make sure we pass those on to Ed as well uh, if you got any questions for him. Uh, but sure, like if you I Googled said, me, I'm sure if you Googled me online, you'd find an email address or some way to contact me. It's, you'd find okay. something. Whether it works <laughs> could domain. be a different question. Yeah, but, that's another uh, question. That's it. So. <laughs> Oh. All right, so it is our time for our lightning round. So this is our game show. Yeah, uh, sorry. Flashy, flashy questions for our guest, and, and we always invite you to play along as well. Uh, but we're, we're going to be covering tonight, I, I found out in talking with Ed, uh, he does visit Las Vegas on a fairly regular basis uh, via his bike. He, he, he just feels like, oh, I'll, I'll bike uh, 150 miles or so. Uh, to Vegas today. He does oh it in a day. Oh, my gosh. Oh, not a motorcycle. He said eight hours. Wow. 
not a motorcycle, like no, a bicycle. A bicycle. Cycle. Yeah. Cycle. Yeah, and you said you do that in what, eight hours? It's about eight hour ride. Eight oh hours. Crazy. Gosh. Wow. So so Ed, here's what we're gonna do tonight. We're we're gonna play a little Las Vegas hundred thousand dollar pyramid. Oh boy. And so <laughs> what what we're gonna do is this. So I looked up on, on ranker.com. I found the best Las Vegas movies as ranked by uh, Ranker.com. And, and so we have got uh, our freaks. Uh, three of our freaks have one of the top five movies. And so their goal is to, in roughly about, we'll say maybe 10 to 15 seconds or so, uh, their goal is to try and get you to guess this famous Las Vegas movie uh, without saying the name of the movie. So they might give you... If they're familiar with the actors in the movie, or they might yeah. use maybe what it's about, uh, and then your goal is to just try and, and guess what they're what they're coming up with. We'll give you a, I don't know, we'll give you 10, 15 seconds. We'll see All how right. generous <laughs> our our officials and judges feel tonight. So uh, I'm going to do this. We're going to start off um, number five on the list. Uh, MJ has so MJ, uh, right. you are up. You are on the clock, and I'm going to say go. Dustin Hoffman, Raymond. Rain Man. Very good, oh Rain Man. All right, nice so uh, we, nice we're, we're one one for one. All right, so I'm going up up the list. This is number two as far as uh, best Las Vegas movies. Kim, Kim has this one. So Kim, if you are ready, okay. I'm uh, ready. Go. <laughs> All right, Bachelor Party, Dentist. Oh, um, Hangover. That's it. Wow. <laughs> right. Very good. Very good. You are on a roll. Okay. So the third and the final one, this is the number one movie on the list. Uh, Maz happens to have this. Uh, so Maz, are you ready to roll? I hope so. All right. Ready? Go. George Clooney. Las Vegas heist. Hyphenated. Uh, is that Ocean's... 10, 11, 12, or 13? Yes. <laughs> <laughs> anyway. yeah. It was Ocean's 11. It, it was, uh, yeah, it was Ocean's 11. No Viva Las Vegas? Nice. Yeah. You know, that was not top five. It was not top five. In fact, Con Air. Uh, Con Air was top, that wasn't top 10, though. It was like 11th or 12th oh, on really? the list. Okay. So I, I, I tried to be safe, and I'm like, ah, oh, we, we got to be able to get top five out of that list. The other two that we didn't cover... Uh, number three on the list was Casino, Robert De Niro, Joe Pesci, um, Sharon tough. Stone. I think that was oh, Casino. Yeah. And then number four on the list was uh, a Chevy Chase favorite, oh, yeah. uh, part of a Vacation? series, Vegas Vacation. Vegas. Yep. Yeah. What about my cousin Vinny? You know, he's that from was Alabama. He was from Alabama. New York. These two youths. No youths. Well, good. Well, excellent job. Uh, excellent job on that, Ed. You were three for three, so uh, you did outstanding. So we're going to go ahead and take a short break. Uh, go ahead and refill your drink. We'll be right back with some exciting WX resources and the funny weather memes that you'll be sharing all week with your friends. Felicitydesigns.com is the leader in weather-themed clothing and accessories for the Stormfront Freak and you. 
Besides a creative line of weather-themed t-shirts, footwear, bags, and more, they also carry an exclusive line of Stormfront Freaks podcast gear and drinkware. Get a 5% discount on your entire order when you use the code SFF for Stormfront Freaks at checkout. That code again is SFF. Find it all at HelicityDesigns.com. All right, welcome back. Well, you have no idea what you miss out on, Greg, so I'm just telling you right now. you got to be watching this live. But anyway, hey, welcome back. We're at episode 62. Time now for WX Resources. Very cool places you can find very cool stuff related to weather. And kicking us off for today, Brady, go ahead. What do you got? Uh, so I have uh, basically uh, – sorry, there's a video playing in the background. Um, <laughs> there is a fellow on Twitter. His name is Josh uh, – Morgaman, some of you may know him. Uh, his Twitter handle is at iCyclone. And he goes around the world from basically hurricane to hurricane trying to get in the worst of the worst conditions. He actually was in Florence, and then uh, there was a typhoon in the Pacific uh, that you can see right here. Oh, no, that was, that was Maria, sorry. Um, but that typhoon was called they all look the same on radar anyway though. yeah Mancoots. i i'm totally mispronouncing that name but anyway he literally switched positions from florence flew to the philippines in like a day and experienced that and and basically he like tries to live tweet it until he loses communication but um this guy just is absolutely insane follow him <laughs> on twitter i mean here i'll show you this was his maria uh footage from puerto rico i mean this guy tries to get in the center of the storm. No, it doesn't matter the category. It doesn't matter where it is. Mm. If, it, if there's a category one or greater hurricane, this guy is there anywhere in the world. Absolutely crazy. I mean, Oh my gosh. What he gets that. is just is, is breathtaking. And I don't know how he's still alive to be honest. Right. Um, Cause when you're in the center of a category five hurricane, that is, that is serious stuff. So, Give this guy a follow. Um, he actually went dark after the typhoon in the Philippines for about uh, a day or two. And, and no one thought, I mean, people thought he was dead. Yeah. Because he, you know, just he hadn't tweeted in a while. So that's definitely worth the follow if you're looking for some uh, I, hurricane entertainment. I did, just so you know, Brady, I did last Friday. I actually sent him a um, Facebook messenger message to say, hey, you wanna wanna be a guest once yeah. uh, everything kind of cools down yeah. a little bit? Yeah. Uh, reach out, and we're still waiting. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> yeah. I'd like. Uh, but he's been busy, so it's. I'd, I'd like to pick his brain uh, and just just figure out what's going on up there, and you know how. <laughs> that's, that's some courage, you know. Wow. Does he have his Does he have his will done? Just I don't know. I hope so. Okay. I don't know. Check his, it out. Yeah. <laughs> I can't even imagine like his mom or his dad are probably they probably lose it. You know it. All right, very cool. Thank you, Brady. Kim. Okay, I am going to also keep with the um, tropics theme. So this um, is actually called a hurricane forecast model output, and it's from the University of Wisconsin in Milwaukee. Of course. And of course, you think and hurricanes, you think University of Wisconsin, Milwaukee. Exactly. You think <laughs> old Milwaukee. Although Sims, you know, I mean, all that's great tropical stuff is from up there. Um, derecho.math.uwm.edu slash models is where you find this. And what's cool about this page is that if you don't, if you're trying to learn more about the computer models, 
um, or you know a lot about them and you just really want to see what they've been doing with all these tropical systems, this is the place to go. I mean, this is great. So it has all the active um, tropical um, activity um, right now that's going on. But if you scroll down on the homepage, you can actually look and say the North Atlantic, there's Invest 97. You click on this and you could put the, the model tracks um, on there, um, the ensemble tracks, the intensity forecast, all that for any system you want that's out um, in the tropics right now currently. But also what's cool is the archived or historical maps. You click on that and you can go back, um, I believe, to 1979 and pick any um, tropical system um, that was um, either a depression or a storm or a hurricane and click on it and it'll show you what the computer models were saying um, at you know for that tropical system. And I went back, let's see, I went back to... Um, which was kind of cool to go back to um, 2005, of course, season, which was insane and looked at Katrina and you go to this and you just click on that. You go to Katrina, you hit display and then you can, you know, pick a day, a date, uh, let's say October 17th. And you can see what the computer, oh, there we go, what the computer models were saying on that wow. day. That's cool. And everything's yeah. and you can go and it, it takes you every day until landfall and beyond landfall. And it's just, I think it's such a great resource to have. And so that's there, but also, let me go back. Um, this is kind of cool, the model identifiers. It tells you all about the computer models. Um, when they come out, they describe you know, what the dynamical models are and then also the acronyms and tells you what it is and how many times per day or how many, you know, how many times a day it comes out. Um, the dynamical models, consensus models are all in here and even experimental models. And it tells you what they are, how often you can get them. It's just a, a great place to go to learn about the computer models and to see the models. And also Google Earth, You can. it's also one of the things you can do is actually um, look at some of those images as well. And then there's a Twitter page wow. too. You can follow them on Twitter and uh, it's called Hurricane Models. Um, so give them a follow too. So um that's it, guys. Kim, and that's awesome. Isn't that an awesome yeah, site? Cool. I just yeah. love this oh, yeah. site. If oh, you yeah. I get it. thought about it. You could you have can't. had. You could literally have a college class around that, just yeah. studying those models. I mean, that's that would be incredible. That would have been. I incredible. think you could get a I master's thesis out of that somehow, right? Mm -hmm. Not yeah, even that. It would just be fun to look at. Part of it's yeah. got to be if you're a student in Milwaukee. What else, you know, weather wise? Exactly. <laughs> I mean, well, what, what's really know, cool is you can see. Really, a whole lot of lake effect snow. It's going to What do you do? I mean, I forgot about. Katrina, where I looked at it like early on when it was sent, it was right in South, like between the Keys and South Florida, it was in there. That forecast at one time had it going up through like Alabama, you know, and, and uh, wow. into the panhandle of Florida. So I kind of remember that, you know, because 05 was nuts at the Weather Channel, but kind of remember how it was so wrong. And then I'm going more west and then north right into Louisiana. But it's cool to go back and look at some of that. So anyway, mm -hmm. that's my Is weather resource. Is Dr. Hobgood part of that at all? Anybody? Brady? Dr. Harb Dr. Hobgood? He's part of what? Part of that website? I don't yeah, know. He's a, a hurricane computer modeler. I, I mean, yeah. If Yeah, if but he's not at maybe, I don't know. Wisconsin, Milwaukee. How I don't do know. know. But the thing is, he's so crazy about hurricanes, I could see him having yeah, his hands on that. Absolutely. That's what, he li that's what he lives and breathes. You know? Awesome. Very cool, Kim. Thank you. Yeah, cool. All right. So, MJ, you have a, a one from the, a listener. 
Yeah, we had a listener, Richard Hatton, checked in with us uh, via uh, our email through stormfrontfreaks.com. And uh, he had an idea for a weather res WX resource. Um, Apple just released OA Watch OS 5 for the Apple Watch. Mm -hmm. And so he says on the new watch OS five for Apple watch, you are able to see web pages on iMessage. And he says, now I know the Apple watch has a very small screen, but it can be a resource when you don't have your phone. I was able to get the weather underground radar on my Apple watch three. Most of the radar apps on the watch aren't very good though. Radar scope is the best, but the radar loop for it is only 15 minutes. He says the weather underground radar can be adjusted from one frame to up to 40 frames or about two hours. And he says, you can also adjust the zoom. So not not ideal, but if that's all you've got with you, um, with the new Watch OS, Apple Watch OS uh, five, you can view those uh, right on your watch. And the next version, awesome. yeah, as long as you don't need it after the eighteen hours and the battery dies. Well, yeah, there's no <laughs> yeah. big deal. And MJ, I heard the next version is going to have the Apple magnifying glass. That's coming that would be helpful. Too, so you... Oh my god, <laughs> for the old parts. No, they're just gonna get bigger. They're just going to get the watches are going to get steadily bigger until they like take up half your arm. Well, sure, because now the phone is like this big. You got to hold it up to you. You know, <laughs> yeah. the watch will now be the size of the old phone. <laughs> All right, Richard Hatton. Thank you. That was awesome. All right, Phil, you going to finish us out on this? Yeah. One? So I, I teased this a little bit. What my WX resource was going to be. Uh, tonight and and this kind of goes for people that like to um, are photographers, storm photographers. This is where I, I've had a lot of fun with this, but it's an app. You can actually download it uh, to your. Um, really, you can download it to whether you have an Android or an iPhone. Either one works. Um, and I'm going to give you an example. Uh, I don't know if the, can you guys see this fine? Yeah, yeah. yeah. Okay. sure. So yeah. this, nice. this was a picture sure. of me <laughs> when I was down uh, storm chasing uh, down in Kentucky and, and about the only good place I could find was on the river because there's so many stinking hills down there. But yeah. uh, I just I quick took a, a snapshot of me with with uh, some storm clouds in the background. But this is an app. It's called Plattoverse. And basically what it what it is. So P.L.O. T-A, uh, Plota, Plato, I don't even know how you pronounce that. Plotaverse? Plotaverse, I bet. Yeah. P-L-O-T-A, and then V-E-R-S-E. So Plotaverse. And this is a free app. You can get this on uh, iOS. You can get it on Android. And uh, what it is, it allows you to animate your photos. So uh, I'm going to see if I can pull up another one here uh, that I might have. Phil, so you're standing really still in that picture. That's just impressive. Well, so uh, so the point is, is it's it's um, it's a photo, and what you can do with the photo is you animate your photo. This is not video, right? So you can animate the photo. So wow. so what I'm showing you here is when I was storm chasing uh, out in Oklahoma, and this was a tornado worn storm that had some circulation to it. But when you take a photo, obviously you don't necessarily see that circulation, but with this app, you can animate uh, any of the portions of the photo in any direction that you want to put it in so that now I can animate this photo to show w what the rotation was looking like. Now it's sped up, obviously, in this case. It wasn't going that fast, but it, it just gives you a lot of cool things that you can do with your photos uh, to animate them. And it's just kind of a neat thing. So, again, it's it's called uh, Plotiverse. 
Uh, it is an app. You can also, there is a website too. So you can do this on your computer too. But it, it's just, there is so much more you can do with it that I haven't even touched. Make I mean, your I'm, own I'm, storm porn. You could. Big photographs earlier, early in one of the earlier episodes, not to do that. What's that? when i do post them i do say hey it's animated right. it's an animated photo i i explain i'm just giving you a hard um, time because you, here's the thing i'm not that good with it that that you can make you can look at it and go wow that looks real because it does i'm not that good with it okay uh, I'm I'm totally an amateur hack when it comes to photography and all that. That last jazz. one looked pretty good. Yeah, though. it sure did. Oh, that last one. Yeah. Yeah. Until you said it wasn't real, I thought it was a video recording. So. I did too. You're yeah. dangerous, Phil. Yeah, <laughs> I, I appreciate it. Uh, yeah, don't I'll, spread I'll... the fake news, Phil. Exactly. No, I'm not. So anyway, it's a cool app. I, I you know, if, if you like photos or or if you're a storm chaser, and you like taking those kind of shots. There's just some fun, cool stuff you can do with those images. Um, yes, I would encourage you to make sure that, you know, if you post them, you tell people, <laughs> hey, it's an animated photo. This isn't a real shot of a live tornado or something. They're not, they're not listening, though. You know that. Yeah. Uh, all right. Anyway. So anyway, uh, again, all those resources uh, will be posted on episode 62. Maz, I'm kind of stealing your thunder here. I no, I appreciate it, actually, yeah. Uh, but anyway, so uh, episode 62 show notes, uh, you can find those either on stormfrontfreaks.com and uh, pull up the episode and then look at the show notes. Or now nowadays, if you're listening to us on your favorite podcasting app, a lot of those apps now, you can just pull up the show notes right on your phone or device uh, while you're listening to us. So Is it is it meme time? Uh, not quite. We're going to go ahead and take our final break, uh, but stay right here. When we come back, as Matt said, we've got some funny weather memes that you're going to want to share. Coming up next week on Saturday, September 29th, you can attend the ChaserCon Canada in Winnipeg, Manitoba, with great speakers including past guest and Emmy-winning storm photographer Mike Olbinski. This event is open to all weather fans, and you can still get the early bird price when you enter the exclusive checkout code SFF for Stormfront Freaks at their Eventbrite site. That's $10 off the lowest price when you use our code SFF at checkout. A limited number of seats at this exclusive rate are still available. For more information or to register, visit chaserconcanada.ca or search Chasercon Canada. Again, that's chaserconcanada.ca. In the hours till day Let's take a drive under the moon Let's take a drive under the somber Hey, what's up guys? Welcome back to Good Weather Resources. Now it's time to go to weather memes. So a lot of you may be wondering what are weather memes? Well, it's pretty self-explanatory. Uh, for those of you that are listening in, we are going to have these. Don't worry, we will have these posted so you'll be able to see them. For those of you that are watching Raw, we are going to basically go from person to person and we're going to look up weather memes on the internet, on Twitter, anywhere we can find them. They're just supposed to make you laugh. Who has got our first meme of the night? Phil, 
Take it away. Angry All right, Brady. So, wow, I, I know. Yeah, that was some energy. It a pretty crappy flight or something. I'm not sure what yes. it was. So, hey, so I teased mine a little bit. Uh, I must admit I teased mine on uh, social media today on Twitter. And mine is a picture of Jim Cantori. Now, in this case, he's actually like in a, in a uh, blizzard or winter scenario. But, you know, he's recently been in the hurricanes as well. But it says, picture of Jim. Says Jim Cantori is like an ex-wife. When he rolls into town, you're probably gonna lose everything. <laughs> That's a good That's one. Terrible. <laughs> oh, Poor Jim, and he That's knows awesome. that too. When he was on the show, yes. he mentioned that. He mentioned the fact that yep, every everybody. Yeah, they post Jim signs everywhere. Town, shit's gonna hit the fan. I mean, yeah. I mean, you know, it is what it is. Well, that was good, mm-hmm. Phil. That was that was very good. Let's go to the meme machine himself, Maz. That was a great movie, too. Meme machine. All right, so you know uh, Saturday is autumn, and so because of that. It is? Quick, it's fall. Put me in everything drink for the next three months. Okay. Cool. Do you got a picture of that to share? Pumpkin, with yeah, pumpkin lattes. Yeah. Oh, yeah. yeah. Oh, God. Put me in everything you eat and drink for the next three months. So. <laughs> that is the truth. There's a, cup, there's a few pumpkins in that picture. There's a couple. Yeah. I saw a tire dealership that had something that said something on their sign out front that said, hey, pumpkin rubber is back or something like that. <laughs> Uh, why i hate fall is pumpkins mass oh no okay pumpkin latte (laughs) that was for you spice pump yeah it's just uh did not like that one it's it's accurate though it's accurate all right cats cats like pumpkin they do (laughs) you're right all right kim i hear yours is the best of the best let's hear it well, I have to say, I had what uh, Maz had. So, no, say what? But I bet you have a backup. So, well, I have, got, a, I have six, three pocket, other so ones. Okay. So, you know, I'll find something here. Okay. <laughs> you're good. Uh, okay, here we go. So, this one, reason, okay, it's a picture, a beautiful picture. It looks like in Vermont with beautiful um, golden leaves and looking down like a, a road. Beautiful. And it says, reasons why fall is the best season pumpkin everything sweaters football halloween beautiful leaves and bugs return to hell where they come from (laughs) so for me i loved it i mean that to me was awesome i'm gonna do one more this is for the ladies and i am this way it's it could be as hot as you want ever in september and i'm still gonna dress like it's fall (laughs) once it's fall it's fall so (laughs) Here's a picture of a girl that has a scarf on. She's putting gloves on. She's got her hat on. She's got a coat on. And her friend, who's wearing shorts and a T-shirt, walks up to her. Looks like she's drinking a nice, you know, nice. Um, maybe like a Mai Tai or something. Mai tai, yeah. She says, do you know that it's still like 80 degrees out right now? And this, this girl dressed in her winter clothes says, shut up. It's fall. <laughs> so we really do that. I mean, I get my boots out in September. Yeah. It doesn't matter if it's 80 degrees. In our head, it's, you know, meteorological 
fall. So we dress like this. Anyway, yeah, yeah. that's Je it. Jeans, jeans and leggings are everywhere. It's they like, are oh, everywhere. Are Damn, I've seen that. I've seen that. I went out and it was literally like 85 degrees. I was sweating. I see so I see literally some dude in like jeans and he's got like this puffy coat on. I'm like, what are you doing? It's still, oh it's still hot. I know. Oh, and it was, it, yeah. Well, hey, Nebraska, Nebraska was like 103 yesterday. <clears throat> They've got lows 40 to 45 here in the next. Oh few my days. God! Stop! Ooh. Stop! Stop saying Ooh. those things. I know it's coming, but I don't want it to come. Mm -hmm. All right, that was uh, your weather memes, and uh, we will have all of those on our website under uh, show notes. Uh, episode 62, right, Phil? Episode 62. All right, big nice. 62. All right. Back to you, Phil. All right, you know, and, and I don't know. It's it seems like our audience is always quick to clap and applaud, but they don't laugh. They they never laugh at any of our jokes. So I'm I'm gonna have to uh, talk to our live studio audience and yeah. find out why yeah. they're not laughing more often. <laughs> it's probably because uh, we don't pay them enough to be. <laughs> <laughs> we got to give them drinks. We got to yeah. like, give them beer while they they come. Probably. So, all right, MJ, we'll flip it over to you. Uh, any listener questions, responses to share? Yeah, as always, we appreciate everybody checking in with us on the various social media uh, platforms and so on. South Dakota chick says, thank you. Love the podcast show. It rocked. Daniel, thank you for sharing your time with us and being whom you are. Good show and time well spent. Thank you. No, is it whom or who? Isn't it supposed to be who? She said whom, so I'm sorry. After, after two drinks. What I don't know. I don't the question. I think you got the wrong grammar grammar. No. <laughs> Matt McCune says, uh, bring it on, Daniel. Um, so he was listening as well. Uh, Luna Light, a.k.a. Christine, uh, our uh, favorite German listener, Says the last show was great. Thank you for having Dan in the podcast. We enjoy his tours and live streams and how he talks to his audience. He was a great guest. We appreciated having him on. And Jeff uh, Beamish says, uh, needed this today. Thanks for the laugh. And he marked it at 104.30 on the last podcast. And I didn't go back, unfortunately, to see what that was. But uh, I think so that Jeff, was... <laughs> uh, just so you know, Jeff Beamish was the meteorologist who was involved in one of our Weather Trollbot 5000 uh, yeah. <laughs> comments. Oh, my God. So and I asked him, I think I asked him a question like, how close was the Trollbot in distinguishing what huh. he was really thinking? Sure. And I think he just left a... Um, uh, uh, <laughs> Uh, emoji with the wink, you know, the winking emoji. Oh, yeah, sure. So I figured, I figured that that cheap-ass Weather Trollbot 5000 we purchased uh, was pretty close. Yeah, <laughs> must have been. Close to the mark. So there you All go. Right. Well, good. So, hey, I think that just about does it for this episode of Stormfront Freaks Podcast. Thanks for listening and watching. Uh, but before I reveal our next guest, if you enjoy our show, do us a favor. Leave us a great review on your podcast app. Uh, and don't forget to subscribe to the show by hitting your podcast app subscribe button. Uh, it works just like a magazine or newspaper subscription. Just make sure that the latest episode, it'll get delivered right to your podcast app uh, the minute that it's released. You won't have to wait uh, to be able to find it. I do want to give a, a special thanks to our guest tonight, and I know our crowd does as well, Ed Teeth. Ed, it's a pleasure, pleasure having you on and taking the time. So thanks for joining us. I enjoyed it. Thank you. Uh, and so our next, initials, go ahead. Are ET. I'm not saying anything about aliens. Oh, my God. Oh, my God. Right? 
Conspiracy. Good Boy, point. that's original. <laughs> <laughs> I never heard that one. Oh, never. God. All right, so our next episode in two weeks, uh, we will be recording on October 4th. It's going to be with Storm Chaser producer for KOCO TV in Oklahoma City, Michael Armstrong. So he's the one that basically works with all their storm chasers for the station, uh, determines where they're all going to go for the day, and then he's the one that's with them live on the phone to determine where they're at, where they're at, who's got a good shot, who they're going to go to live on the station. He produces all of that, so it ought nice. to be an exciting uh, show with Michael on. If you'd like to watch the recording live, it'll be at 9 p.m. Eastern, 8 p.m. Central, again October 4th. Uh, check our YouTube channel. All you got to do: go to YouTube, search Stormfront Freaks, and uh, you'll find the link right there. So if you want to watch it live, you can. Um, so for MJ and Maz and Brady and Kim and our guest Ed, I'm going to go ahead and I'm going to signal the all clear. Uh, we're going to catch you guys next time. All right, all right everybody. Good night, everyone. And thanks for watching and listening. Thanks, guys. Thank you for listening to the Stormfront Freaks podcast. Find our bi-weekly show on Apple Podcasts, Google Play, Spotify, or your favorite podcast app. Watch our shows on YouTube and Oklahoma Weather Tracker TV. For show notes, additional information about this episode, as well as past and upcoming shows, videos, photos, merchandise, and more, visit our website at stormfrontfreaks.com. While you're there, check out our live interactive Storm Chaser radar provided by our friends at zoomradar.com. If you would like to contact us with questions or make comments about the show, shoot us an email to questions at stormfrontfreaks.com or follow us on Twitter or Facebook. Search for Stormfront Freaks. We'd love to hear from you. Join us next time and tell a friend about the Stormfront Freaks podcast.